That's ticket green, you know what I mean? Yeah, everything I want and yeah, everything I need. That's ticket green, you know what I mean? Yeah, everything I want and yeah, everything I need. That's ticket green, you know what I mean? Yeah, everything I want and yeah, everything I need. Welcome to another illustrious edition of the Hot Flyers Wrestling Podcast. The Black Beavers and Butthead Wrestling is back again. Your boy is Terry and Dom. How are you today, my good brother? Chilling, man. Pretty, pretty good. It was a good, solid Wednesday night of wrestling, fam. Honestly, it was. Like, no matter which shows you watched this week, you thoroughly enjoyed both of them. Oh, easily. But, to, you know, start off our Wednesday night, War recap. We're going to start with the black and gold of NXT. And your Dusty Tag Team Classic Champions, the Broser Weights, came out in the Broser Mobile. And I know we've said that we are we are the um, best new tag team of the year. But after seeing Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle roll out together, we might have to change our names to the Black Broser Weights because, yeah. Pete Dunne is you when all of my shenanigans. <laughs> I can't even be mad at that, especially considering what Matt Riddle said about Bobby Fish, fam. That is definitely something that you probably would have I mean, it's a logical question because how much fish could Bobby Fish fry if Bobby Fish could fry fish? It is. I can't even be mad at that. And I know, so that, does that mean that Matt Riddle is kind of like growing on you now? Slowly but surely, yes. And I don't that, it, yeah. and all the uh, you know the blunt and high references that they've been making make me come around. I will say that. And the fact that Pete Dunn just be so stone faced when he be saying and not really like I know he know he, what he's saying, but he got to act like he don't know what he's saying. That's that's what makes it even more funny, bro. Yep, because the fact that they probably sparked up before they got on that Broadway mobile and came out there. Man, say, and you know what? That's that's interesting because Pete Dunn did ask him, like, how the hell are we gonna carry this trophy around? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> if go. And lo and behold, the bros, the mobile is what we get. I'm with it though. I love it. I mean, it's Pete Dunn, Matt Riddle at at their finest. And if you don't love the fact that we finna get a bros weight versus. Red Dragon match at TakeOver Portland and you trash. And honestly, I feel like this helps out both of them because, I mean, you know, for people like you who don't really like Matt Riddle, like him bouncing off somebody like Pete Dunne and vice versa, though, is like good for the both of them because they are like total opposites. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes that's what makes the best tag teams, especially when it's a makeshift tag team. And honestly, makeshift for not they realistically have a shot of taking home the NXT Tag Team Championships. And honestly, I wouldn't even be mad at that. Because, like, even, like, they first match together, they already had matching, you know what I'm saying, gear. They came up with a, you know what I'm saying, a tag team finisher. Different variations of it, because, I mean, not to fast forward, but that is a Gary that uh, Pete Dunne hit. I think, was it on Bobby Fish or Roddy Strong? But either way it go, yeah, man. I'm, I'm down for the bruiser weights. As tag, NXT Tag Team Champion. And even if they don't win the championship, we 
we know it's going to be a fantastic ass match. Oh, yeah. Um, and if they decide to start off TakeOver Portland with that hoe, I feel sorry for whoever try to follow. Oh, man. Because actually, it wouldn't surprise me because I think, you know, for the most part, UE has like jumped off like quite a few TakeOvers, you know what I'm saying, when it came to tag team championship matches. So I would not be opposed to that. Which I guess it'll be safe to say they'll start and end TakeOver if they go that route. The question just would be, will all of them be holding gold when they end TakeOver Portland? Mm, they can't because Roddy ain't got his belt. Well, I mean, like, as far as, like, the ones that's actually wrestling in the championship matches. I don't know because it's a little early to say, but I have the gold prophecy coming to a complete end in a week and a half. I'm going to say it ends this year, but I think, well, I'm hoping that Velveteen Dream is the one that dethrones Adam Cole instead of Ciampa, which, I mean, you know, seeing Goldie and Ciampa, you know, reunited would be fantastic, but Velveteen Dream can handle that. Yeah. So, fresh off his Monday Night Raw debut, your boy Angel Garza returns to NXT to take on Isaiah Swerve Scott in a fantastic match. To Can say I... that the first, go ahead. Angel Garza is so awesome, yo. Considering the week that he done had, like you said, he was on Monday Night Raw, and then this match he had was with Swerve Scott on NXT. This is what Humberto. This is what Vince thinks Humberto is. And he's not nowhere near it, fam. But yeah, I won't say never will be, but he's not. But both Andrew Garza and Isaiah Swerve Scott are stars right now. Like, you can give them both title runs and they'll run for six months apiece, and I'd be okay with it. And it'll be believable and enjoyable. Because this match was back and forth. Isaiah had a lot of the the heavy offensive moves, but there was moments that each one of them you thought was going to get the pinfall. And honestly, I thought Swerve had it when he hit that house call. I did too, but did you remember that point in the match? Okay, you know how like Swerve always like flip over the ropes and land on the apron? You know, like, you know, he flip off the apron and then hit the ground. When he tried to, like, you know, handspring off the apron, Andrew Garza super kicked him in the face. <laughs> Andrew Garza is like, bag right now, fam. Yeah. Like, he really is. Even when he came out there with the Cesaro pants on. Even though we know he was going to rip them off anyway, though. Right. Which is the only reason why we give him a pass for the pants. Because, you know, for the wardrobe malfunction. Because otherwise... You got there looking like Mexican Steve Blackman. Nah, for real, though. So, Andrew Garza hits the wing clipper, beats Isaiah Swerve Scott, and cuts a promo post-match saying that he wants his NXT Cruiserweight Championship back. Um, right now, give me Jordan Devlin, Andrew Garza, Leo Rush, and a triple threat. Give me the past three NXT Cruiserweight Champions and just call it a day. That will be fire, yo. Is it a is it an NXT Cruiserweight Championship match to take over Portland? Not yet. Mm. 
that could be one right there. Not yet. So, this episode is just littered with UE. Undisputed Era was on their high school bully shit this whole night trying to find Chompa. And the first first time that we cut backstage to them, they roll up asking for Chompa, you know. They got some, some little dude who's trying to get a haircut. He said he don't know where Chompa is. And UE leaves him alone, so we thought. And then you are strong. You said what? Adam Cole even told him it was a, it was a good looking haircut, right? And then you know, Roddy Strong slides back into the camera, takes the Clippers, and just meow, all diagonally across that man's head. The hoe and me laughed. I'm sorry. I laughed too, but I was just like, "Damn, bro!" Because <laughs> I blame the barber. Because fam, you shouldn't have went back to cutting my hair. Nah, for real. Turn the clippers off and just put them away till, till they leave, and then we'll continue with this haircut. So you know he don't get haircuts in a Like, come on, fam. As many times y'all done show Goldberg walking backstage and everything, we ain't never seen nobody getting faded in the backstage area. And all of a sudden, this random dude just just chilling. Literally just chilling. Like with he was in makeup. Set up. Thank you, bro. Thank you. You know what? Maybe his hotel did deserve to get done that way. Because he deserved that. Yep. And uh, honestly, surprising. All right, match. You had Dominic Dajakovic taking on Killian Day to determine the number one contender for Keith Lee's North American Championship at TakeOver Portland. I don't know if it's just because we've seen them fight so many times before or if it's because I just really prefer Dominic Dajakovic and Punishment Martinez or Dominic Dajakovic and Keith Lee versus him and Killian Dane. But I just wasn't all the way in it for this match. So I don't know about you. Uh, I mean, I can see that. I would say it also probably because... Considering the condition of the match, I think we probably both knew that Dominique Dajakovic was going to win. But, honestly, the match was better than I thought it was going to be. And, and it's really just because, like, they haven't just really done enough with Killian Dane to, like, to make us just believe that, yeah, you know what I'm saying, that should be the number one contender. You know what I'm saying, for championship right now. So, But, like, surprisingly, the match was well done, though, because I, I, at one point when he hit him with that Vader ball, I was just like, oh, shit. Killian Day might just get this one. And so then you're not letting Killian Day hit you with that cannonball into the steel steps? Oh, absolutely not. That's, see, that's exactly why Pete Dunn is hanging out with Matt Ritter right now, because he took too many damn cannonballs with Killian Day on the steel steps. Boy, I had to go get some medicine. Bro, so. easily. Dominic Dajakovic won with the Feast Your Eyes. And he'll be taking on Keith Lee at TakeOver Portland. Quite sure don't nobody expect Keith Lee to drop at Portland. No. Um, but like I was saying when I started off talking about this match, Dominic Dajakovic and Keith Lee have fantastic chemistry together. So another one that has a chance to be matched tonight and when I get through going through the whole episode of NXT, I run down the current takeover Portland card, and 
honestly, all six of these matches has a chance to be match of the night. I agree. So, we go back to, you know, the bullies backstage fucking with people. This time, UE runs up on Kushida. Damn. Beats up Kushida, and then, you know, Bronson Reed decides, well, how about y'all pick on somebody of y'all own size? And gets his ass jumped as well. Bro, Roddy Strong, the elevation he be getting on these knee strikes is amazing because, like, he hits three square in the jaw, fam. Boys got hops. That's <laughs> like, all I can real. Say. That white man can jump. Mm. No Billy Because he don't even just be doing it in the ring. He do it outside the ring without the spring, so. That's what makes him more impressive. I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> so, speaking of TakeOver Portland, um, NXT does a fantastic job in building to all of their TakeOvers. Let me start off with that. Indeed. Like, you're never gonna feel like any match was just thrown together a week before TakeOver. Even if it is, it's usually on the pre-show and we don't even see it until the next week of NXT. But, <laughs> right. <laughs> Morrow interviews Finn Balor and Johnny Gargano ahead of their match at TakeOver Portland. And I've never seen a split-screen interview that I've been more interested in than this one. Oh, my God. Because the look on Finn's face the entire time that Johnny was talking, spot on. Like, he had this whole look of disdain and this scowl that was just like, Fam, didn't I drop you on your head and get rid of you once before? I'll do it again. You ain't lying, bro. The look of disgust on his face was just at an all-time high during this whole promo. And then, I mean, it doesn't make it any better that Johnny Gargano reminds him that he lost to Bobby Lashley 17 times on Raw. Man, look, I don't care how you feel about Johnny Gargano, but Johnny was spitting some flames in this one. This split-screen interview, Johnny Rassel was on one. Between yeah, Johnny Wrestling turned he, into Johnny Promo. Like seriously though, because he's like, yeah, yeah, that's the fan. That's that. That's why I want right there, not the one that showed up on Monday Night Raw. I don't want that smiley fan. I want want the fan who was out here having NXT match of the year every year. Then, like fans said, I don't care if this match is five minutes or five seconds. I'm not trying to have match of the year with you. I'm basically just trying to whoop your ass, fam. Now, the last match of your career. Whew. Strong word from the Irish. I'm, I'm excited, fam. I, God damn it. I'm, I'm ready for Portland Takeover as a whole. I ain't mean to just jump ahead, but damn, I'm, I'm just so ready, bro. Like, we haven't been this excited for a fan match that didn't involve the Demon probably since one of his first matches in NXT, yeah. period. Yeah, I agree. I don't even remember when the last time we were just happy to see a Finn match. Wait, maybe like the last Finn match we probably got slightly excited for was what? When he wrestled Brock Lesnar, bro? <laughs> like, is that like the last? Yeah. And technically yeah. he was the Demon then, wasn't he? No, he was regular Finn. Yeah, he was just regular Finn then. So, I don't know if this going to open, take over, be back up in the middle. But please give them 15 to 25 minutes. Please. Who on the, 
I, I can see this match being like if the tag team match opening up the show, I can see this being the match right after that. Okay, I can see that. But at the same time, you know, take over there. Like to say they they go to go back to back to back last three matches. So, that's true. This could be the it's opener too. That's true. It definitely could be. So we have Mercedes Martinez defeating Casey Catanzaro. I'm so conflicted because I thought she retired. So did I. Maybe that check was good. But, I mean, shit, Ricky over here getting raw money, so is they really hurting for checks? Well, yeah, that's 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 true. Maybe and I'm she sure just American it. Ninja Warrior still paying Casey for at least appearances or something. Well, I think they on their off season right now, anyway. So she ain't got nothing to do until then. True. But, but God but still, I, maybe like her coming back at you know the little NXT Rumble match they had. Maybe they like you know reawoken the fire inside. But goddamn, Casey, you just coming to get jobbed out, basically? Yeah, because uh, you basically came back to be the NXT version of Apollo Cruz. We gonna get to him, but uh, yeah, basically. But I like Mercedes Martinez, though. I always have. Yeah, and I just wish they give her like, a better theme song. But other than that. I can see her being like, I hate to be this dude, but I, I can see her being like the, the new Shayna once Shayna, you know what I'm saying, move along. Which supposedly is coming in the near, near future. Which I'm I'm okay with that, because what else does she got to do, to be honest with you? So, Chompa finally, you know, reveals himself to UE. And... A brawl takes place between UE, Champa, and then eventually the Bros Awaits get into it too. And Laura Steven Regal deserves to be general manager because this is how you GM. Anytime his show breaks down, he pops up and makes war games, eight men tag team matches, fatal four ways, six men. It's like, nah, fuck that. Y'all want to fight? Well, go change. Let's fight. And then just leave. And then leave. He don't stay out there. He don't linger out there. He said what he needs to say. And he lets the rest get back to entertaining the fans. Half time, he don't even come out with his theme music. He just walk out. Nah, for real, though. <laughs> and then they kept fighting like a good three minutes after he made the announcement of the match. Yeah, like, no lie. They fought for at least till they went to commercial. Oh, snap. It's so awesome, bro. They got referees and security trying to separate them to no avail. Security guards getting popped. Matt Riddle just throwing people left and right. Looked like they almost hit a fan at one point in time. Hey, man. You part of the show. <laughs> so because I know you laugh at people paying like I do, this next match. Our Cruiserweight champion, Jordan Devlin, took on Tyler Breeze. And before Tyler Breeze could even get into the ring, tell the good people what happened to Tyler. 
Tyler was doing his, you know, his signature apron pose, you know, where he like take a selfie or just like kind of lay there. And as soon as he spinned, all you see is Joy definitely drop kick him in the head. I hope I hope he he, hope he took the selfie right as he was getting kicked. Bruh, that would be the best picture of all time. You know what that reminded me of? You remember that old that old video that I tagged you in a long time ago about that little Mexican luchador that got drop kicked off the apron and then like flipped. Yep. That's what had Jordan Devlin drop kicked Tyler Breeze. This is the second person in about two and a half weeks that's been drop kicked off the apron trying to roll into the ring. Man, say. And it's Irish. Murky. The thug was worse than, than uh, Trent Sevens. Yeah, but I mean, hey, man, I bet your Finn was definitely proud of that drop kick. Oh yeah, because he definitely had to be. I know I wouldn't be. And I mean, but at this part- point, Jordan Devlin is officially Jordan Devlin. He's no longer to be called Mini Finn. Yeah, definitely. He is a man of his own title now, especially after this match. Because honestly, I don't know about you, but I wasn't expecting. Well. That doesn't sound disrespectful, but I really wasn't just expecting the match to be as good as it was. It's yeah, Tyler Breeze in which I really wasn't. I think that's what it was. Like the fact that Tyler Breeze got so much of his shit off in the match, it made it more entertaining than it probably would have been if it been like a devil, you know, spotlight match. Right. And shout out to Tyler Breeze and Fandango for going back to NXT so they can actually be used properly instead of just being the fashion popo. Exactly. Because they could have still been the fashion police and had decent matches because they're both fantastic in-ring talent. Both what? of them. Um, Tyler Breeze honestly should have been an NXT champion his first time in NXT, but I don't think he was just all the way ready, per se. Nah, I don't, I don't think so either. I think, honestly, Tyler Breeze was like Dolph Ziggler of NXT, in my opinion, to be honest. Yeah, even though even though Dolph ended up getting like some championships, but like with Tyler, because think about it, like with Jushin Liger came to NXT, who they have him wrestle? Tyler Breeze, you know what I'm saying? So Tyler Breeze and Cassius Ohno was in that spot for the longest. They really were. So I mean, but this match though, it was it was fantastic. I don't think we expected Jordan Devlin to lose though, but just how competitive the match was, they're entertaining. And it was a good way for people who don't really like know Jordan Devlin or like watch NXT UK like consistently. It was a good way for you know saying them to show how good he really is because he is fantastic, though. Exactly, and just like we gave Angel Garza all this credit for you know being all over the place, my boy Jordan Devlin got to get the same credit because he had Worlds Collide, he was on NXT, popped up on UK, and he was on Two Hundred Five Live. Hey man, that's dedication right. right there. That's a lot of flight to be catching. That's a lot of going bad. back and forth overseas. Shit, that's jet lag like a motherfucker. Right. So, like, by all yeah. means, hats off, Jordan Devlin. Keep doing fantastic work. Then I think the segment that almost everybody was waiting for. Go ahead, bro. 
So Bianca Belair fine ass. Mm. She comes to the ring first, right? Wearing a amazing shirt too, by the way. Right. So she comes out, you know, and she gets ready to call out Rhea, basically for trying to forget about her and just look straight to WrestleMania like she's a pushover or somebody. So Lo and behold, you know, she's talking all this shit about the queen and Rhea. And if you talk about the queen, the queen is going up here. All right. I know I'm not the only one, but shout out to the fact that NXT did not give this whole no power over when she came out. Thank you. I'm glad they didn't either. That would have been stupid. Because had she did that turn and she got her little pyro, I would have been real upset. Uh Definitely would change the channel. So, Charlotte comes out, and maybe 15 to 20 seconds later, Rhea comes out. After watching Rhea entrance right there, I do want her to have a WrestleMania match just so she can get power up for her entrance. I was thinking the exact same thing. Now, that is an issue that should have pyro. During the, when she stomps her foot is when her pyro should hit. Yep, and looks way cooler than that punk ass punch Roman Reigns do. And honestly, Naomi should as well, but that's just me. I can see that, especially when she was doing like she jumping like. Oh yeah, it was she had a Brock. Mm -hmm. I mean, he He don't use that shit. They gonna give her the DX of Pyro. I said it Monday. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to keep saying it. Give us this fucking triple threat. Just stop playing. Bianca, Charlotte, and Rhea's chemistry together was fantastic. When Charlotte basically scooted Bianca out the way and Bianca had one of them Martin slash Pam moments in the background. Like, I know this bitch didn't just really just, I, I, like, nah, she couldn't have done that to me. Like, I know she's not talking to me. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, she was. Yeah, and then, you know, she slid back up there and, and hit her with the good old mean girls. You don't even go here. Like, ma'am, she graduated from there, but um, who am I, you know, to to bring up facts? I mean, she don't go there no more, so that's what, she ain't been there in a while, so that's what Bianca was saying. So... Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair decided to remind Charlotte of the little saying that they have in NXT. And that saying is, we are NXT. And proceeded to drop her. Can't lie. was a little bit unexpected. It was, but I liked it. I ain't gonna even lie to you. Definitely. But I did not expect them, you know, to team up for a second and take out the queen. And then just go their merry way. You know, Bianca just left, you know. I I I like that because, you know what I'm saying, they really don't need to touch until, you know what I'm saying, take over Portland, to be honest with you. Exactly. And this also gives more weight to maybe Charlotte interrupting. And, and look, I know, I don't, and I, I don't really like none finishes and title matches, but if Charlotte, like, interrupted, the Bianca and Rhea match at 
take over Portland, I wouldn't be mad at that because then that means that'll be the easiest way for us to get the triple threat match at WrestleMania, in my opinion. Without a hot potato to the title. Yeah, I mean, they could do that too, but a triple threat would probably probably be better because, like you said, I think Bianca just showed that I am the EST for a reason. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And having all three of them in a match together would be fantastic. And honestly, it, if they did that, it probably had the potential to be better than, you know what I'm saying, uh, good old Becky Charlotte. I mean, yeah, Becky Charlotte and Sasha Banks. Yeah. I don't know if it, if it could possibly tie, uh, top the possible Becky Shayna match we're getting, but as far as triple threats go. Yeah, triple threat, that'll be fantastic. Yeah. Agree. So, so the main event of the night. You had Tommaso Ciampa, Matt Riddle, and Pete Dunn taking on Adam Cole, Bebe, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish. Um, it's pretty much what we expected from a six-man match. The finish came when Roddy Strong interfered, which also was expected. Bless you. Appreciate it. So... After the match, I'm just going to skip past the match and get to the important part. Thank so you. after the match, UE beat down Ciampa and they spray paint a yellow X on his back, similar to how Ciampa did at the table last week. Right after that, lights go out and we get to see the 2520 graphic, right? See. Now, we seen this like the week prior, maybe two weeks ago. And thought this is what they was teasing to but at the same time I'm like mm, not sure so then the, the, the circles with the 2, 5, 20 go ahead and move and pretty much forms the shape of the, the three eyeglasses that Velveteen Dream be rocking and lo and behold your boy Patrick Clark himself Jumps off the top turnbuckle and literally runs through all four members of the Undisputed Era by himself. That boy was swinging his ass off. With <laughs> then, after he takes out Roddy Strong, he decides to, you know, rip the pants away and show off that he has Roger Strong's family and Marina hit me up, airbrushed on his tights. Rick will be proud. Yes, Lord. He's smiling down. Because, man, say that was fantastic. I, I bet you, I wonder if if he was beefing with Adam Cole, I wonder if he would have did Britt Baker. Or if they would have let him do Britt Baker. They probably wouldn't have, though. I don't know. They might have since they showed on TV. I thought that was more of an accident, though. But anyway, yeah, that was... Say, man, even though he was having difficulties taking them all the way off, though. Yeah, them hoes got stuck. Yeah. <laughs> them rips was not working the way he wanted them to. That was one of them players fuck up. That was one of them situations. So, after this week's episode of NXT, our current takeover Portland card is as follows. We have Cole versus Ciampa for the NXT World Championship. Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle versus Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly for the NXT Tag Team Championship. Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair for the NXT Women's Championship. 
Keith Lee versus Dominic Dajakovic for the NXT North American Championship, Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano, and Tegan Knox versus Dakota Kai in a street fight. All flames, yo. For their first standalone Sunday special, this is how you bring it. Yes. All five and of these going to be five. Six. And it's even a, a, a very small chance that we may even get the seventh match of Roderick Strong versus Velveteen Dream. Oh, yeah. Oof. That's true. So awesome. Thank so, you, NXT. This card is going to be stacked. Um, when it comes on, there will be a pre-show. Not sure if they're going to have matches on the pre-show. But when that pre-show come on, you need to go ahead and make all your food runs, all your store runs, all your roll-up runs, any type of run you need to make. Because once 6 p.m. hits, park your ass in front of your TV, do not move, and enjoy the greatness that is going to be TakeOver Portland. Because you ain't going to want to miss nothing. At all. All in all, I give this episode of NXT a solid A. Honestly, A+. I can't really see any downside to it. Yeah, I agree. Solid A. Well, I'm going to just go A. I don't want to go A+. You know, I got to I gotta get them something to root for. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, <laughs> I would definitely give this a solid A. I didn't really have no issues with anything that happened on this episode of NXT whatsoever. They do points. They put that man in the trash can, fam. You eat some hugs. <laughs> well, fam, they was trying to tell them what happens when you go to the main roster. Your career ends up in the dumps. Touche. <laughs> on that note, you can go ahead and let the beautiful and wonderful people know where they can find us in all our other episodes. So, you can listen to this episode and all our other previous episodes on our website, which is highflyersrestpodcast.com. You can find us on all major streaming services, Spreaker, Spotify, Funkass, Apple Music, Anchor, you know, Google Podcasts, things of that nature. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast Flyers. You can follow me individually on Twitter at dbarnes21. Uh, my bad, wrong one. Firstly, Snipes21. You can follow this brother, underscore Bobby Digital. Do not forget the underscore. Otherwise, you'll be following somebody you're definitely not trying to follow. You can follow us on Facebook and YouTube at High Flyers Wrestling Podcast. And until we meet again with part two, of our Wednesday Night Wars recap. The Black Beavis and Butthead is out. I mean, so what? We we the Black Bros awaits now? I mean, we can be both shit. That's true. And on that note, your new top guys are out. Peace. <laughs>